The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. Friday for us, doling out minutes on the mahogany, waxing it up, 100, 200, a bad, a bad, apple with a bad, attitude, hang around a bunch of bad, attitude, bad taste, bad life, bad dude, bad breath, bad attention, bad vibes. We are live in the Magic City Studios in the Varela Palatial, right across the river through the woods from where Granny just went to bed because she snapped too many tubes of the hybrid marshmallow in New York City. The Big Apple. Ooh, people dressed in plastic bags, ready to travel in some kind of fashion. Shake it up, should be all my friends coming around, floods of floods and party up. Rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown. What a mess is tides and tatter. My brains are splattered all over Manhattan. Should be shake it up. Hey, what's gigging? I'm Pharrell with Carver High. Uh, not with us tonight, Mafia. I screwed that up, Mafia. I can't keep track of all you people. I really can't. All these shows we do, all this. Uh, uh, Four, ten, four. I can't even do it anymore. I don't even know who I work with. I can't even. I just can't do it anymore. I'm done with it. So Mafia is with us tonight. It's very exciting uh, for everybody uh, that I can't keep track of who I'm working with. Uh, There's a lot of problems I have mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Pretty much. Does that cover it, Mafia? Mafia not responding. Uh, also, social, on the show. Issues. social issues as well. Social issues. That's true. Um, I'm watching this game. That's all that matters. By the way, the number is toll free 844 843 6879. If that's too fast for you, 844 843 6879. So, uh, this game has gotten very crazy all of a sudden. A couple of three balls hit by the Hawks. This game was over, Moff. Over. Done deal. Philadelphia had this game one. Uh, without a doubt, forcing game seven. This was in the bag. I mean, they've been up eight, 10, 12. Again, here they are, up one. And there's two minutes left in the game. A minute 58 left, and they're up one. I can't even believe what I'm watching because, uh, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Atlanta shot the ball like crap. They couldn't hit the broad side of the barn. They've uh, turned the ball over a million times. They shot 10 of 30 from downtown. Meanwhile, uh, they're shooting 40% overall, but uh, Philly, 41% from downtown, 41% from the floor. And they got Harris, 20, Curry, 24, and Bede, 19, and 12 boards. And they got 13 from Maxi. That's the difference in the game. They finally got a role player to get involved, and it was Maxi 
5 of 12 from the floor, and he hit a three and had six boards and a dime. He did a great job, frankly, on Trey Young because Trey Young had, like, you know, 20 in the first half. He's had 14 in the second half. He's got 34 on, once again, 13 of 28 shots. The guy shoots so many times, he just keeps shooting. He's a shoot-or-shoot guy. He's missed so many floaters and little bunnies, it's not even funny. He's hit five of ten threes. He's got five boards, 11 times, 34, 5, and 11 for Young. I think the key for me in this game, the difference has been lack of productivity from Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich came out and laid an egg tonight, 3 of 11 from the floor, 1 of 6 from downtown, 0 of 2 from the line, only 7 points. Gallinari picked it up. I told you today on Coast to Coast, they had to have both of those guys. Bogdanovich and Gallinari both had to have solid games and Collins. Collins hasn't done it either. Seven points, two of eight from the floor, 0 of three from downtown, eight boards, no dimes. He got in a fight with Embiid moments ago. And we welcome our radio affiliate, SiriusXM, Mightier 1090, Sports Map, Sports Byline. So uh, they've somehow come back in this game and they're down one. I have no way to explain it other than Trey Young hit a bomb, Gallinari hit a bomb. He's hit two threes in the game, Gallinari's got 14 points. I will tell you, uh, I think the difference in the game for me is free throws. Atlanta, 13 of 24. It's terrible. They're shooting 54% at the line. Meanwhile, Philly's only gone to the line 13 times. They hit eight of them. That's usually their problem. Tonight, 61%, not as bad. But they haven't gotten to the line a lot. But they've, they've sent Atlanta to the line 24 times. And they've only made 13 of them. I mean, there's the game right there. They can't hit the broad side of a barn. Bogdanovich uh, started bricking free throws. He's 0 of 2. So uh, that's the deal. So wait, Scott, let me get this uh, straight. Embiid. Philly had a big lead. Atlanta's shooting like crap. The role players aren't helping them, yet they're still in this game. That doesn't sound familiar at all, this series. Yeah, every single game, the same way they melt down. It's a three-point Philly lead. Embiid missed a shot, got his own rebound. And now here's Young missing another shot. He's missed so many bunnies in this game. That's the reason they're going to lose. He's missed so many bunnies. He's missed so many shots. That's 29. Uh, he's 13 of 29. Uh, he can't hit the broad side of a barn. That's it. I mean, he can't even hit half his shots. He's missed so many shots, and they've missed so many free throws. It's embarrassing. Now MB gets fouled. I mean, they are bricking like nobody's business. They have no business being in this game at all. They're down three now. They're going to go down five. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling, the collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? 
That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. It has come to our attention that some of you are guilty of superstition. Dude, trust us. Sling after an XL pepperoni pie before every game is just a coincidence. Take a breath. And maybe a diabetes test. We're your home for the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, for all on the bench with Mafia tonight, I, I got to tell you, I just think, um, you know, don't be fooled by Trey Young's uh, numbers in this game because, uh, you know, everybody gets all excited. He's got 34 uh, points, five boards, 11 dimes. I mean, it looks delicious, right? Anyone would take those numbers. Anyone, that would be a career night, but... When you're 13 of 29 from the floor and 5 of 10 from downtown and you got four turnovers and he just turned it over again and thought he got fouled, didn't get the call. And the the trip before that, he missed a four-foot bunny. He's missed about 10 of those. Uh, Every shot he's missed has has been like a floater, a little bunny. His inside the free throw line in from the elbows in he's been disastrous he's better off shooting from the logo where he's actually hitting shots and i think he you know yeah i'm not fooled by the 34 i thought he was terrible i mean he missed so many shots Uh, the guy has you know 13 to 29 imagine if if you know six more of them fall and then they shot so bad from the line, 13 to 24, this team. That's why they're, uh, A, losing this game. They're down five right now, 27 seconds left. B, they're going to lose the series. They'll go to Philly and lose game seven. As sure as I'm sitting here, after they blew the opportunity tonight, they blew it. They blew the game. Game six in Atlanta, they blew it. You cannot blow that game and think you're going to go win game seven uh, and get lucky again in Philadelphia. I just don't see it. They're down three now with 20 seconds left. All I know is they had so many chances tonight to win this game, and they just shot terribly. They made stupid mistakes, turned the ball over left and right. Bogdanovich sucked. Young couldn't hit the broadside of a barn tonight. I don't care. When you shoot 30 times, you're bound to have 34. I mean, you know, what's next? He'll shoot 40 or 50 times in game seven. I mean, nobody else wants to put it down. And like I said, he was better from outside than he was from inside the free throw line. Every single time he went, I didn't see the guy hit one floater all night. Not one. He missed every single one of them. And they, they all missed a bunch of bunnies. I mean, Atlanta was missing bunnies left and right. Left and right. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights are up uh, now 2-1 to one on Montreal in the third period. They scored early in the third uh, to take the lead. It was Peter Angelo with the goal. So they're, you know, four minutes into the third. It's 2-1 Vegas. I have to tell you, uh, that game, we'll get into it more, but oh, they finally gave Montreal a power play. Uh, in the third, they were four-one in in power plays for Vegas, and that just makes no sense to me whatsoever. I don't understand 
how <laughs> when do you see the home team down 4-1 in power plays in a game in the NHL? I mean, they just it's always the other way around that the home team will be 4-3 or 5-3 or 6-5, whatever, but they never 4-1. It was 4-1 going to the third in power plays. They made so many calls. And if you're going to call the tic-tac calls on Montreal, you got to call tic-tac the other way. I mean, uh, I, I thought some of the calls were cheap. At least two of them I thought were real cheap. And they just kept giving Vegas the man advantage. Uh, it's not like they did anything with it, though, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, bottom line is they gave him four, and uh, they didn't score any. So both teams, there's been six power plays, 4-2 in terms of Vegas power plays over Montreal, but nobody scored on the power play. Bottom line is the Knights have dominated the game 34-12 in shots. And that's all you need to know. They've won the face-offs uh, 55%. And they've had more power plays. They've blocked a bunch of shots. They've played solid. Uh, Montreal's turned it over 18 times. So there you go. That's why they're losing. That's all there is to it. There's, there's Young again missing a layup with an air ball. I mean, it is unbelievable watching this guy suck tonight. I don't care what anybody says. His 34 was definitely the dirty way by shooting 35 shots, whatever the hell he shot. It, 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 he's shooting bricks one time after the next. His Every floater misses. He just shot a layup air ball, an air ball on a layup. I mean, he drove in so fast he shot an air ball. I mean, how do you shoot an air ball on a layup? You're just out of control. And I think he's trying, without a doubt, in my opinion, uh, to do too much. He's just trying to do too much. And I understand why, because nobody else on his team's capable of doing anything. He's doing too much. They're doing nothing. So if nobody can do anything, he's got to do something. So he's trying to do anything he can to put points on the board, and they can't do it. And this game's over. So... Uh, Tobias Harris finally had a big game after he laid an egg in game five and was atrocious. Tonight he's got 21. He's about to have 22. And he makes both free throws. And uh, it's five again with 13 seconds left. It, it would take a miracle. I think the game's over. So it is what it is. Now they'll go back to Philly for game seven. And, you know, I don't know about you, Mafia, but. You blow your chance tonight in game six on your home floor to win the series, you're you're going to lose the series. I mean, they should lose the series. It should be going back to Philly, and Philly just, you know, wins that game. I wouldn't say with no problem, but they should win that game comfortably because they are the best team in the East, allegedly by record, right? But the way they perform this series, the way Doc has played stupid, I'm not so sure. You know, I give Atlanta a fighting chance in Philly. They've done it before there. Yeah, I'm gonna. I I just I'm gonna disagree because I, I you could be right for sure. But I mean, listen, when you're up 18 and lose, and you're up 26 and lose, and then you come in tonight and just beat their ass, which is what they did. Uh, that's what they should have done in the games they were up 18 and 26. Those were pure meltdowns by Philly. This should this series should already be over. Right? It should already be over. That's all there is to it. I'll give you they have a shot because of the way Philadelphia is choked. But they didn't choke tonight, did they? So I, I think they've had their uh, wake-up call. 
by blowing those, you know, games four and five. They win tonight. Now they go home on Sunday and finish them off. That's what will happen. They'll finish them off. And, and, you know, I'm sick of hearing about Embiid's too injured to play. He plays every night. He'll dominate that seventh game. Harris will go off and uh, Curry, and that'll be that. You know, I don't know. You're going to see the same thing again. Uh, Trey Young shooting 50 shots and missing half of them, and that'll be that. It's a three-point game with two seconds left, and now they're going to call another foul. So they're going to cover, too, on top of everything else. So there you go. You get the foul. Now Harris goes back to the line, hits the free throws, and then the three will turn into four or five, and that'll be that. They were getting three, so not only does Philly win, they cover. I mean, that is crazy. We're going to talk to uh, Bill Michaels next from uh, his syndicated show in Wisconsin and talk to him about the Bucks and Nets, which is tomorrow night, game seven, and no sleep till Brooklyn. And the Nets are favored by one and a half, at least they were today on Coast to Coast. And then uh, we'll talk to him about the Aaron Rodgers saga that has continued uh, the entire NFL offseason. So there you go. Game over. Atlanta loses 104.99. And Philly gets it done. And they'll go back to uh, Philadelphia for Game 7 on Sunday. Now the Jazz have to do the same thing in L.A. against the Clippers. The Clippers can win the series tonight after what I just saw the Sixers do. I won't be surprised at all the Jazz do it now. Of course, the NBA wants all Game 7s. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. That's the problem with people. Everybody expects every team in the effing league to win the Super Bowl. One team wins. The rest of them lose. Nothing for you. How about that? One last indignity.
All right, for all on the bench, uh, Bill Michaels is syndicated all over Wisconsin. He's a regular on the bench and on Coast to Coast. He's at Road America tonight. Apparently, they're having a huge, uh, maybe an IndyCar race or something. He's having a huge bash there uh, tomorrow. He's there early uh, tonight, tailgating, barbecuing, drinking, smoking cigars, gambling, playing poker. There's strippers. I mean, the whole deal. Bill, how you doing, buddy? Sounds like you're doing better than us. I am doing great tonight. We, you're absolutely right. We're prepping for tomorrow's big tailgate party. we got about 100 listeners that are coming with us. And uh, here for the IndyCar race, the NTT IndyCar Series is in town. And so, yeah, this uh, 640 acres, it's kind of like a national park with a racetrack dropped in the middle of it. So we got a sponsor that, get, can you believe this, Pharrell? They said, hey, yeah, we'll get you an RV, no problem. And they give me this almost half a million dollar RV and said, here, go have a good time. Can you imagine what kind of time we're having right now? So we're partying with a bunch of listeners right now out in the middle of this giant mammoth amount of acreage. Uh, the NTT Indy cars are all tucked away for the night. They started tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. when they start qualifying all over again. And we're sitting here with fire rings, cigars. There's a couple of hookahs out here, a lot of beverages, and enjoying <laughs> ourselves tonight. I am telling you, I'm jealous. That sounds like fun. I've been to a million uh, races uh, over the years, uh, NASCAR, IndyCar, been to the Indianapolis 500. I've, I've been to that, uh, final NASCAR race at Homestead. I've been to every one of them, uh, Pocono, Atlanta, Vegas, Phoenix, Fontana. Uh, and I've never seen one uh, lap of the race because I'm in the infield partying. I've been at Talladega multiple times. It's fun. So uh, the IndyCar race should be a blast tomorrow. That sounds like a blast. I wish I was tailgating with you, eating, barbecuing, drinking, thinking, uh, spitting, laughing, telling bad jokes. Sounds fun. All right, let's talk about, uh, Billy, uh, the uh, Nets and Bucks, because uh, you're probably surprised to hear this, but uh, today on Coast to Coast, I took the uh, Bucks in Game 7 because I, I just frankly feel that uh, they're getting a lot out of Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday has picked up the tail end of it and produced not only with, you know, 20-plus points, but defensively he's become a problem, I think, for the Nets. And to me, the Nets are getting productivity from basically KD and at best uh, like a Jeff Green. No one else is doing anything. Harden's playing on one league. There's no Kyrie Irving. And I thought they should have won game five, the the Bucks, and uh, they kicked their ass in game six. They should have won game five in Brooklyn, up 16 at the half. If they're up 16 at the half uh, tomorrow night, the, the Bucks are going to run away with it because I think the Nets, to me, look like they've run out of answers for the Bucks who just keep coming at them in waves. I, you know what, it's funny because I listened to what Charles Barkley had to say. And that, that Charles and I don't always agree on everything. But one thing he said was after game five, he said the Bucks are talented enough to win a championship. They're just dumb. And that was about as honest a statement and as true a statement as I've heard in a long time. Because I've been preaching this. I said, look, somebody needs to grab Giannis and say, dude, you're not Dirk Nowitzki. You're not going to pump it up from the outside. You're not going to hit threes consistently. You can't go toe-to-toe with KD. You need to do you. You need to be the inside dunker and distributor. Get your fouls late in the ball game. Get rid of the ball. Don't go to the free throw line. And stop playing one-on-one, back-you-down basketball. Because Shaq was better at it than almost anybody because he had a bigger ass. 
So what you needed to do is stay within your lane. And somebody did it because he did not take one three in game six. And Middleton was allowed to shoot the ball from the outside. They ran their offense. They didn't play that street ball that they played in the second half of game five. And the one thing that I couldn't believe Boonholzer didn't say to anybody was, feed Drew Holiday because he's playing against a cardboard cutout in James Harden. So once they realized that, that's when the game got better for them in game six. And that's the reason they got shooting confidence. And that's the reason I believe they're going to win game seven. Yeah, I don't think, um, uh, I don't disagree with any of that. Look, here's the deal. Uh, there's nothing worse than seeing that guy. I First of all, I can't figure it out. He can't hit a free throw, uh, but he can hit threes. But he shouldn't be shooting threes. What he should be doing is driving straight down Main Street and throwing it down because no one can, A, keep up with him with his long strides. B, every time he goes in, he gets hacked five times. Uh, every time he goes near the basket, he gets fouled. And... I won't deny, I think his painful uh, free throw operation, that whole deal of his at the line, uh, that's as illegal as anything I've ever seen in my life in basketball. I've never seen a guy spend five minutes shooting a free throw before. It's embarrassing. I can't even believe the NBA allows it. I mean, the refs are so bad in the NBA to begin with with their crappy calls. But how in God's name do they let this guy set up shop and do that you know, that practice, you know, invisible uh, thing before he even gets the ball. They let him do that for like two minutes. I've never seen anything like it, Bill. I think it's absolute BS. You have to agree. I mean, honest to Christ. I, 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 I 100%. I, here's the thing. The more you think about it, the more it's in your head. And that's part of his problem. But he's got it. He's got this process that he thinks he can just do this and talk himself through it. And he's seeing this local psychologist. And it's like, dude. Three dribbles, pop the shot, get it over with. It's painful. Just, just shut up and shoot the damn basketball. The more you think about it, the more it's in your head. Somebody, again, somebody needs to grab him and say, just shoot the damn ball. Just, just stop it. It's exactly what you said because, you know what, Giannis, whether you make it or not, at this point you're just embarrassing yourself. You're, you're an MVP. You're a defensive player of the year. You can't shoot a free throw, and you can't carry KD's shot to save your life. Game one and two prove that. So just shoot the ball, get it over with, embarrass yourself in a way you probably should, and that's by bricking it and knocking down half of the Barclays Center with some of these things, and just get it over with and get on with the basketball game. Because he gets called for this, where they finally time out. Whoever's using a stopwatch to time him must be using it via sand dial and calendar because it's ridiculous, and I completely agree with you. So, uh, you know, the one thing that's amazing to me is that the Nets aren't guarding, it would appear to me, or they have no one that's capable of guarding Middleton. If Middleton has that kind of game again, which is very hard to duplicate, a game like he had the other night. Last night he was phenomenal, and I don't think he can duplicate that. But I think he can have 30, and I, I really do think he can have 30. It's amazing to me. I know you've seen it every night. They're not, I mean, they're just giving this guy way too much time and space. It's amazing to me. They don't actually, in my view, have anyone that can guard him. And so if they do the things that they do with Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday, then you add in Tucker's D, which is ferocious, Connaughton's banging the glass, and Forbes has done nothing. Get that guy to get 10 points. I'm telling you, they'll win the game. I, I, I agree.
agree. And one thing you mentioned, Forbes, Bryn Forbes, best shooting percentage in the league during the regular season. And the Nets have found a way to kind of stymie him because they're fighting through the picks at the top of the key. A lot of the things, the screens that they did for KD in game five, that's what the Bucks tried to do for Bryn Forbes in game four. And that's one of the reasons he found himself on the bench because they weren't fighting through the screens properly and they weren't getting him the ball. And when they did, it was contested. And I think, honestly, that he's kind of tightening up in the postseason. But I agree with you about Middleton. Middleton, the problem with Middleton, he can go away. And when he goes away, he quits shooting. And and to me, Middleton needs to shoot to continue to be good. So even if he's having an off night, continue to shoot. Their shooting in the Barclays Center has been drastically different than at home. They're very comfortable in the Pfizer form. But I think going into this tomorrow night, Drew Holiday, he's got to drop 18. Yeah, they're going to win by seven. The Bucks by seven. Giannis drops 28. Middleton drops 24. You've got a uh, guy in Drew Holiday. I think he needs 18 to 24 tomorrow night. But give me P.J. Tucker. But also, don't forget, you can get a guy in Brooke Lopez that just out of nowhere suddenly starts shooting yeah. threes, and he can give you nine, 10, 9 to 12 points. And he can hit them at big moments when you really need them. And then you sprinkle in Bryn Forbes and company. But look at P.J. Tucker's plus minus numbers. Minus numbers. He had five points the other night but was plus 30 because of his defense. And he said in the postgame show, it's game seven. I would rather die on the court than lose this game. I, I love that guy's attitude and the mentality he brings to this team. Bucks by seven, Giannis dropping 28 tomorrow night, and I'll book it. Yeah, I like uh, Lopez's game. He's a he's just an absolute menace to society. The way he can uh, hit those threes for for a seven footer, it's amazing. Um, I think it's going to be even better than that. I think it's going to be tighter than that. Vegas thinks it's going to be tighter than that. I, I, look, I'm not surprised if they do win by seven because, I mean, you're up 16 in a game on the road and you blow it. Uh, that's amazing to me, and that was because of KD going off. But he's the only guy going off. I think Joe Harris is sm basically smells like a landfill. Uh, it, it, I've never seen a guy shoot 48% from the three all season long, and then in the playoffs he can't hit the broad side of a barn. And I think he's bad luck. I don't even want him to touch the ball. Uh, that's how bad he's been. When we come back, we're going to talk to uh, Bill Michaels about Aaron Rodgers. I can never get enough of this story either. And their coach, LaFleur, looks stressed the F out. I mean, that guy looks like he needs a vacation. We're talking to the syndicated great show and friend of ours, Bill Michaels. He's at the racetrack tonight. Getting ready for some indie racing tomorrow. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. 
Winning isn't a mystery. It's remaking the odds. It's your favor. By developing a strategy through deftly applied expert information and insights. Where do you get this information? Right here. Well, duh. Get the winning edge. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, Pharrell on the bench. You cannot believe the goal that Montreal just scored. Flurry misplayed a puck behind his own net, and it hit his skate and popped out in front of the net from behind the net. He was behind his net, grabbed the puck with his stick, it hit his skate and popped right out in front, and Montreal stuffed it in to tie the game at two with a minute left. It was the worst mistake you've ever seen a goalie make it was it was terrible it was worse than jari against the islanders this was the ugliest goal and the worst mistake i've ever seen flurry make in his entire career the game's two all now with 40 seconds left they're gonna go to overtime all right we're talking to bill michaels legendary host in wisconsin he's syndicated all over the great state and he's one of the coolest dudes we know he's been on my show forever we love billy and he's out at um Race America, I think they call it, for an IndyCar race this weekend. It's like, uh, I think near Sheboygan, which is an awesome place. And uh, they are just doing it all. Brats, they got steaks on the, there's tomahawks on the grill. They're drinking, there's tequila, there's there's bullet bourbon going, there's gin and tonics, they're making martinis, marshmallows cooking, there's nudity, there is nudity, there's violence, uh, there's fires, there's hookahs. There's spleefs legally, I believe. It's all happening. It's all evolving. And Michaels is the ringleader, and he's on the bench. All right, Billy, let's talk about uh, Aaron Rodgers. First of all, he goes to Hawaii. He's drinking Mai Tais. His girlfriend moves in with him. He's got a hot lover. She immediately dove right into his bed, moved in. Then the guy's hosting Jeopardy. Uh, Everything is just so quick how it's happening. Then he blows off minicamp. Uh, he's done a ton of interviews. Kenny May, he's embarrassed, uh, you know, I think Murphy by going out with his uh, T-shirt on the other day and mocking him how he's had just a casual offseason with no stress and no pressure, enjoyed himself, lived life to the fullest. And what he's really trying to say is uh, that Murphy and all of his minions are idiots. Uh, all they had to do was get rid of Gutenkust, and this would have been solved. They still don't have him back. And now you take it from here and tell me the update on what's happening with Rodgers and where it's headed. Because they've told Love, get ready to be the starter, because I still don't think they're getting this guy back. Well, I don't either at this point. I mean, 70% of me says he's not coming back. I think I think 30% of me is a fan hoping he does. Uh, you know, I mean, if, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, there's two sides to this. One, some of the guys will say he's sacrificing himself for us, for the way guys have been treated. The release of Jordy Nelson, the release of Corey Lindsley, the release of Jake Kumaro, a guy that he really liked. He talks about some of these players that he really gets close to and that he really feels can contribute, and they're on the cusp of something great. And immediately they start looking towards the future. And it's one thing if you've got a guy that, that falls to you, like Aaron Rodgers did to them. Then you take him. You take the talent. But if you take a guy that was projected to be a second-round project pick and you jump up to get him when you need so much, you're, you're two or three players away from what you feel is going to be a championship, 
basically they believe that he believes they started the clock ticking on him. And this is a culture. This is what he talks about, culture, philosophy. He wants what Brady has. He wants Arians to come to him and say, hey, take a look at some of this film and tell me what you like in some of these receivers and see if we're all on the same page. He wants to be a part. He, when he signed his contract, a few years back, he said, I want to be a partner. Not a partner in the sense of ownership or a partner in, in general manager making decisions, but a partner. He wants, Brett Favre, when Ron Wolf used to talk to Brett Favre on a weekly basis, he just wanted the pulse of the team. Tell me what's going on. That's what Aaron wants. He wants to be at least have a seat at the table. He feels like he's earned it. So then they jump up and get Jordan Love. Now you fast forward. Emmanuel Ocho the, uh, Ocho the other day said that Rodgers had complained to the you know, to the Players Association, that they didn't feel mandatory mini camps and all these things were, were necessary anymore. Let players go away. Let's recuperate. You're adding another year to our season. Let us have the off season until training camp. So this might be his way of protesting that. We'll wait and see. But but when you went to break and you said, you know, Matt Lafleur looks stressed. What I equate this to is a guy that's got a really hot chick. He's kind of a nerd. He's kind of a brainiac. He gets this really hot chick to go to the prom, man. He's got the, she's got the rack. She's got the blonde. She's got the blue eyes. She's got the bubble rear. She's got everything. And he's going to go to the prom with her, and he's getting ready to get out of the limo, and everybody knows, and they're waiting, and they're holding their breath. And at the last minute, she jumps out the other door and takes off in the other direction, and he's left with the limo driver's sister who's some just massive troll. And that's all he's got. And, and and that's the way it is because he knows he's got a good team. He knows he's got a good thing. He's got the limo. He's got the tux. He's got the money. He's got the dinner. But he doesn't have the girl to take him to the prom. And that's Matt LaFleur right now because he knows he's got a good team. He knows they fortified this thing. They're ready to go. And all they need is the engineer to drive the train, and instead the really hot chick jumped out of the limo right now. You don't know if she's coming back. Let me ask you, do you think uh, that's great? <laughs> That was great. So do you think uh, that he'll be exposed as, uh, because they've they've made him this, uh, you know, brilliant coach. He's just, all he's done is won. Uh, He's he's young. He comes into Green Bay, and he's just winning and winning. And I equate it to Aaron Rodgers, everything. And a lot of people give LaFleur all this credit. I got to be honest with you. I got to see him coach without him before I give him any credit because I'm on the Rodgers steam train. I mean, that's the reason they win. That's the reason they're in title games every year is their quarterback. And I don't think anyone can argue that fact. And if he doesn't have him now, believe me, you, we're going to find out if, if this guy's as great as everybody thinks he is, LaFleur is a coach. Would you agree with that? Uh, I 100% agree. I think Matt LaFleur is a good coach. I think he's innovative. I know Aaron Rodgers really liked him. They liked the the fact that Aaron could text him and say, hey, I just saw this. Let's take a look at this and run this or figure it out ourselves. I like the flat fact that Aaron Jones, him and I were talking, and I said, how is it with Coach LaFleur? He said, Coach LaFleur has a plan, and when he puts a play in, and we, we just don't feel comfortable with it. LaFleur will say, let's scrap it. You guys tell me how you would run it better. He's got that good rapport. He may not make the best decisions all the time, and he may make coaches' decisions, but in the end, I think the guys like him. I think they like his innovation. I think they like his offensive ability and his mind, a creation out of the tree of the McVeigh and such, and Shanahan. I think they they like that creativity and putting guys on the move and, and, and opening things up. But on the other hand, 
you got to have the engineer that's smarter than everybody. The guy that what he's like the Matrix. He walks to the line of scrimmage, and he can. T- it's like walking watching Tech Mobile. He can tell where every player is and how they're going to run, what they're going to do, and what they're thinking, where their eyes are, and he knows it. He knows it before he snaps the ball. He knows where he's going. I asked him one time. I said, Aaron, why in the hell are you throwing thirty down, d- yards downfield consistently? On a, on a third and one, all you need to do is move the sticks. And he looked at me and he said, matchups, man. He said, if I know i got Devontae on a guy that can't cover him, I don't care if I'm third and one or third and 40, I'm going to Devontae. He said, if I'm going to this guy because i got a good matchup, if I know this guy can't cover Aaron Jones out of the backfield, if I know the blitz is coming and I can pick him, that's where I'm going. Screw the play, that's where I'm going. Because he he's smarter than the average bear, man. He, you know, every quarterback, God damn, Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf had all the talent in the world, but he had a 10 cent head. He was a moron. Aaron Rodgers is a moron. He's walking to the line of scrimmage. He's the Matrix, man. That's the reason you want that guy in the center. In a quarterback driven league, a guy that gets protected, a guy that's better than anybody else and still has a surgeon's arm, you better believe that's the guy you want in the center. So, as much as I believe in Matt LaFleur, and I really like Matt LaFleur, he is just salivating at the thought of getting Aaron Rodgers back. And we'll see if Aaron Rodgers says, I don't want $32 million. I'm going to sit down on principle. On, you got to give some of this has to be on Aaron Rodgers because Matt LaFleur and Gutekinds and, and Murphy, they've all flown out there. They've all talked to him. And I don't know what's been said. And I don't know what his specific beef is specifically with everybody in that organization. But at some point, you are now costing, a, a, you know, Devontae Adams, David Bakhtiari, and anybody else coming up on contract money. And legacy. Aaron told me years ago, we had a conversation. He said, Bill, I want to be the most decorated quarterback. I want to have more Super Bowls or as many Super Bowls as Bart Starr. Super Bowls in my modern era. I want to have more than Brett Favre, and I want to be a statistically better quarterback, and I want to be considered the best quarterback to ever play for the Green Bay Packers. I don't care what you say about Favre. Favre will always have the stain of what happened in the ugly divorce. I cannot imagine that this is what Aaron Rodgers wants as his legacy in Green Bay. Something in the next 30 days has to give. So, uh, but like, you know, you talk about him with the third and he'll throw a 30-yarder. It's third and one, he'll throw a 30-yarder because he knows the mismatch and he knows that uh, Devontae can roast anybody. You know Love doesn't know that. He doesn't know those things yet. And so, you know, you're way better off him handing off on third and one uh, to Jones and getting the first down than letting that kid start thinking he can throw it on uh, third and one, 30 yards. Respectfully, I got two minutes. I I look at Jordan Love as a raw talent. Uh, when I hear coaches get excited about a guy that's basically running around in his underwear with a helmet on saying the ball's jumping out of his hand, I don't care. I want to see him go to the line of scrimmage and decipher what somebody is scheming specifically for him. And that's when he'll impress me. Otherwise, we have, don't forget, the mighty, the one and only Blake Bortles behind him. So one way or the other, they're going to figure this yeah. out. And I think it could yeah. either be an absolute train wreck or yeah. you're going to see Aaron Rodgers ride back in on a white horse. But mark my words. Packer Nation does not forget. And if Aaron Rodgers thinks that his legacy is going to be this forgive and forget, no big deal, California cool, I'm going off and having two fingers of scotch, and to heck with the organization and to heck with the Green Bay Packers, but I still care about the fans. Actions speak louder than words, and they will not forget. 
Well, fair enough. Uh, and I, I agree with that. Uh, I'm sure they won't, but I don't frankly think that kid of all people cares. I don't think Aaron Rodgers truly gives a damn. Uh, if he doesn't go back there and they all hate his guts for the rest of his life, you think he cares? Like his own brother hates his guts. He doesn't care about him. Like, what does he care about some fans he doesn't know? I, I don't think he cares one minute what anyone thinks of his legacy there because he says all that he wants to be the greatest Packer ever, but if he wanted to be the greatest Packer ever, he wouldn't be doing this. And his principle, his fight, is about something way bigger than legacy or anything else. So uh, I don't think he cares what they think. Billy, have a great day tomorrow at the uh, Race America and the IndyCar event you're at in the uh, RV. Don't get arrested. Uh, get home safe. Have a blast. Uh, enjoy all the suds and food and nudity and violence. <laughs> and I hope you see a great race. I never see the race when I'm in, a, in an RV that costs a half a million. Have fun, brother. Keep your pants up. <laughs> I, will, uh, I will send you a few pictures in about an hour. I love this guy. Bill Michaels, everybody, on the bench. <laughs> Thanks, Billy. All right. There he is. Uh, in the middle of Wisconsin tonight in Sheboygan at a racetrack having a party and strippers. That is fantastic. Mafia and I love going to those kind of parties. You know, NASCAR, infields. Like, I knocked up 34C at Talladega. True story. So uh, anything's possible in the infield of an automotive race. I know that. There's all kinds of, you know, strange behavior when you go to those racetracks. Everything, all the clothes come off. I've seen guys shaving their back hair with uh, race car drivers' numbers, people with no teeth, uh, women that can beat your ass literally and figuratively. Uh, it's all there for the uh, taking. Plus, everybody has really bad body odor. It's fantastic. It smells so awful at those racetracks. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories. Stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. They got their ass beat. They were going through the motions. They were lifeless. I don't like that or condone that at all. I play it straight up, yo. All right, we're following a bench with Mafia. So uh, they're going to overtime at the Bell Center in Montreal, tied at twos. That should have never happened. I'll tell you what, they got lucky, the Canadians, because 
That was such a grievous error by Flurry that I've never seen before anything like that from a guy as good as Tim. I mean, this guy's going to the Hall of Fame. In my opinion, you'd never see Carey Price do something like that, and Flurry's won three Stanley Cups. He does not make mistakes like that, and he knew it. When he gave up that goal, and it hit off of his skate, the puck behind the net, and bounced right out in front of the doorstep, and the guy with the puck on his stick almost cabled in his pants. He's like, oh my God, I have this puck on my stick right now. I mean, the guy looked like he didn't know what to do with it. He's like, is this happening? The puck shot off his skate, stick to skate to front of the net to goal. And I just thought it was absolutely surreal seeing it go in at 18.05 at a third Anderson's goal unassisted, basically assisted by flurry. It was an own goal almost because he just gave it to him and said, here, score, because there was no one in front. It was empty. The net was empty, and he stuffed it in, and now they go to overtime. I have to tell you, though, I mean, they have dominated this game. 40 to 21 in shots. The only thing that uh, Montreal has done well, in my opinion, is they caught up with them in terms of hitting. Uh, They've laid more hits, way more hits, uh, 45 to 32 in hits. Uh, the Canadians have had 24 giveaways. Uh, I, you know, I don't think they've played well tonight at all. At all. They should have lost this game. And I feel like that uh, because of, and I could be wrong, I mean, anything could happen. Montreal could win the game. But you tell me, Mafia, if you don't think that Vegas dominated this game, that they'll find a way to win it based on how well they played. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.